Are you spending hours just binge watching your favorite telenovela in Spanish? Or are you spending a lot of time racking up points on your favorite language learning app? If so, and you're no longer a beginner with your Spanish study, then you might be wasting your time. Listen to this episode to find out the three things you should stop doing right now if you're at the intermediate level in your Spanish journey and you want to continue to take your Spanish to the next level. And I'll also tell you why the fact that you may have scored an A2, B1, or B2 on an assessment that you found online might not matter at all. Así que vamos a empezar. Let's get started. Bienvenidos. Welcome to the Learn Spanish con Salsa podcast, the show for Spanish learners that love music, travel, and culture. Close your grammar textbooks, shut down the language apps, and open your ears to how Spanish is spoken in the real world. Let us show you how to go from beginner to bilingual. Here is your host, certified language coach, Tamara Marie. Hola y bienvenidos al episodio 127. Welcome to episode 127 of the Learn Spanish con Salsa podcast. In this episode, I want to share some things that I know you might be doing with your Spanish study, but just are no good if you have already reached the intermediate level. Now, before we get started, I want to talk a little bit about what that is exactly, because it can be a little difficult to define what we mean when we say intermediate level. The truth of the matter is that there really is a large range of Spanish learners with varying levels of skills and abilities in different areas of proficiency uh, that it's kind of difficult to nail down exactly what is an intermediate Spanish learner. Now, as Spanish con Salsa, we don't necessarily follow the common European framework uh, for language levels uh, to the letter. Uh, and there's some reasons for that, which I'll explain. Uh, but basically, this idea of being at the intermediate level can be a little bit tricky to define. So I want to admit that at the outset. But I want to talk about um, how you can really gauge what your Spanish level is and what are some of the issues with just relying uh, on the CEFR or the Common European Framework uh, for language levels because, again, it can be really difficult to gauge exactly where you are on that scale. But for all intents and purposes, you know, if you are a super beginner, like if you're just starting out, you don't know a lot of vocabulary, it's really difficult for you to put words together, or I'm sorry, words, <laughs> put sentences together uh, in Spanish. Uh, if you don't have a lot of exposure to the language, uh, then of course you're probably a beginner, right? So I'm talking about people who have already learned some of the basics of the language, whether you started out with something like Duolingo or another app, or uh, you've done a little bit of coursework before, even if it was in, in school, it could have been years ago. Uh, but basically, you're not completely brand new to the Spanish language. You have somewhat of a foundation. You might not feel like you can have a really strong conversation yet, uh, but you, you know some things in Spanish. You can pick out some words as you're listening to them. 
Now, the the problem I have with defining this by just using uh, sort of the A1, A2 sort of levels uh, for language learning is, is one, you know, it's really tricky to be able to get an accurate assessment of your level when you're using one of these online tests. Uh, and the reason for that is most of those tests can really only gauge your vocabulary and your grammar knowledge. But if you actually look at uh, the framework that uh, defines these language levels, there's a lot more functional ability and things that you're able to do with the language as well as your reading comprehension and your listening comprehension and your ability to carry on a conversation. It's really difficult to test those things with some sort of app or, or quiz that you just find online because again, those are they tend to be very focused on, uh, vo on vocabulary, but mostly grammar. So you can tend to pass a test is what I'm saying with, with one of these and say, oh, I'm level B1, but you can't have a conversation in Spanish, which if you, if you actually look closely at the guidelines, um, you should be able to do certain things uh, like introduce yourself in the language, uh, tell some facts about yourself. Uh, but it's really difficult again to gauge that just by taking a test. So for that reason, um, I wouldn't just rely on going to the Cervantes website, for example, and doing their like free assessment and then patting yourself on the back because you got a result that you're level B2. Um, this might just mean that you got lucky on some of the answers, even though you weren't 100 percent sure uh, or that you're just good at passing grammar tests. Uh, but it really doesn't give us any indication of your true level. So if you stick around to the end of this episode, I will give you uh, access to our assessment that we use at Spanish Con Salsa to really gauge your level of conversational fluency. Uh, and that's a little bit different, again, than just sort of saying I'm level A1 or, or B2 or whatever. We're really looking at your ability to communicate in the language as well as have some founda some foundational, excuse me, <laughs> foundational skills. So make sure you stick around to the end and I'll share that with you if you want to get um, a little bit more of a, of a detailed assessment, but also just more of a realistic assessment of where you really are with your conversational fluency in Spanish. All right. So now that's out the way, um, I do want to focus on some of the things that you should actually stop doing altogether if you're at the intermediate level. And again, for, for our purposes for this episode, you can take the assessment uh, that I mentioned at the end, but for the purposes of this episode, just consider yourself uh, more at the intermediate level if you already have some basics and a foundation for the language, you have some knowledge of Spanish, um, there's, you've been able to have sort of a basic conversation and introduce yourself, these things aren't brand new to you. So that's, that's what we'll follow for just sort of our um, rough definition, very, very rough <laughs> definition of intermediate. Uh, because like I said, there's a huge range. That's kind of the other problem with this, with this category. You could be at the lower intermediate level where you're literally just out of that beginner phase, but you know you're ready for the next thing. You could be somewhere in the middle where you're squarely in that intermediate zone, or you can be a little bit more advanced where you um, can have lots of conversations in Spanish, but there's still some things that trip you up. All right, so there's a huge range of skills and abilities, like I said before, within, within the context of intermediate, which makes it so hard to get out of, right? Because to get to that advanced level, it just takes a lot more time than it took you to get from beginner to intermediate. So this is where a lot of language learners actually get discouraged because they're like, I know a lot. I feel like there's things I know, but there's still so much I don't know. 
Uh, and then you, you start to recognize and get frustrated with your lack of ability to communicate the way you would like to or to sound more like a native speaker because you've already put in so much effort. It may have been years that you feel like you're just still stuck at this intermediate phase and you don't feel like you're advanced, you don't feel fluent. So it really can be a murky uh, territory to be in. So what I want to give you some advice on in this episode is how you can push past that. How do you get from being sort of in this intermediate sort of, uh, not necessarily a plateau, I don't want to call it a plateau, but it is a longer phase of your language learning journey. So if we want to, you know, be able to get beyond this, what are the things that we need to do? So I have three tips for you to help you get past your challenges, or just quite frankly, things you should stop doing (laughs) if you're already Uh, at the intermediate level of your Spanish journey because these are things that will keep you stuck where you are. The first thing is you need to stop exclusively listening to and watching content that's made for Spanish language learners. So there's a saying anytime you're trying to get to the next level of of anything, whether it's, you know, your relationships, your fitness, your well-being, uh, all applies. What got you where you are now won't get you to the next level. So you may have had a lot of success starting out with a particular type of course. So for example, I really like the uh, Pimsleur language course uh, for Latin American Spanish if you're a beginner. Um, Or if you just have never spoken before and you're afraid to talk to people because it gives you an opportunity to listen and repeat a lot so you get some practice speaking. That's great if you're just starting out because it gets you you know, over that hump of not being able to speak at all. But let's say you, you've already sort of done that. You've been able to have conversations successfully, even if they're not perfect, right? Obviously, you're going to still be making lots of mistakes at this stage uh, and you want to be reducing those. But if you're still just focusing on, okay, my next step is I'll do the intermediate Pimsleur course and I'll do the advanced course, right? That's fine. Um, and they do have additional levels, which I think are also great, but absent actually using the language in the real world, those things become less and less effective at your level. So the first thing to do is to stop only relying on courses and content that's made for language learners, because that will not get you out of this intermediate phase that you're in. So what should you do instead, right? Instead of just going to all the YouTube videos that are made by your favorite language YouTuber where they're explaining things about the language or telling you about different things or um, even just listening to podcasts that don't have any content that um, is 100% in Spanish. So like for for, um, our intermediate learners, I will point out, for our, our podcast, we actually have identified all the episodes that are only in Spanish So such as like interviews and some episodes where we're telling stories in Spanish and even episodes where we break down songs where I do the breakdown only in Spanish. You can find a list of those on our website. So just go to the show notes page for this episode at LearnSpanishConSalsa.com slash 127. That's LearnSpanishConSalsa.com slash 127 for episode 127 of the podcast. You can access our list of episodes that are made specifically with intermediate learners in mind. So that can be a way for you to sort of uh, focus uh, your listening as you listen to this podcast. Uh, But even beyond that, A really good thing to do at the intermediate level are immersion activities. 
So what do I mean by that? Immersion simply means that you're doing things that you would normally do in your target language, well, I'm sorry, in your native language, <laughs> and do those things in your target language, or in this case, Spanish. Uh, if you're listening to this podcast, I assume that you're learning Spanish, but you may have some experience with other languages. Um, but this is also something you can apply to your next language and your next language and your next language. So once you get to this intermediate phase and you've kind of learned some of the basics, even if, again, you don't have them 100% down yet, this is the time to start doing immersion where you do the things that you do in your native language in Spanish. So what does that look like? So one great example is a class that we're actually having tonight. So if you're listening to this podcast on June 8th, on Tuesday, when we released it, uh, then this will be relevant to you. If not, you know, you can skip ahead like 15 seconds. <laughs> but essentially, we're having a class where you're going to learn how to dance salsa in Spanish. So the class uh, is an immersion opportunity. So you'll be able to not only learn how to dance salsa, but also do that in the Spanish language. So you'll be hearing Spanish. And again, since you're participating in the activity, it becomes sort of a whole body activity. It's you're dancing, you're looking at what the instructor's doing, you're listening to them, your entire body and being um, is involved in this. So it becomes a lot more impactful and a lot more useful. So if you're interested in that and you haven't signed up yet, SpanishQuanSalsa.com slash dance. That's SpanishQuanSalsa.com slash dance if you want to join me and Alex and Desiree who were on the podcast last week. Uh, and they are just world-renowned Latin dance instructors. They're full of energy. They make it fun. Uh, and not to worry, we will not keep you lost if you're finding it challenging to keep up. We will clarify anything that you need in English in the class. So that's tonight, uh, Tuesday, June 8th at 7 p.m. Eastern, SpanishQuanSalsa.com slash dance to sign up. Uh, but even if, you know, you can't make this class, and by the way, if you can't make it tonight, um, you can still sign up. We will have the recording available, so if that time doesn't work for you, you'll be able to watch the recording um, and ask any questions you have, and we'll, we'll be available to answer those as well. Um, but find an activity that you like, right? If you don't like to dance, which I couldn't imagine, but <laughs> if that's not your thing, maybe you like listening to the news or maybe you like cooking. There's like many different um, cooking channels maybe you can find on YouTube where they're teaching you how to cook different types of food, um, whether you're a vegetarian or keto, which um, I won't get into that, um, but whatever it is, or you're interested in Colombian cuisine or Dominican cuisine, there are so many YouTubers or websites where you can find recipes. You can actually watch the videos in Spanish. And the key to this is that these are not things that are made for Spanish learners. They're actually made for a Spanish-speaking audience. So that's what you want to look for, not things that say, you know, for intermediate-level learners, Although, again, those things are great as a supplement to your learning, but you really want to start shifting more towards content that's made for a Spanish-speaking audience. So whether that is going to the website for your favorite um, news channel that you follow, going to the Spanish version of it, whether that is, uh, like I mentioned, finding a topic that you already are interested in, something that you already consume content for in English, and just doing that in Spanish. I know one of the workshops that we did uh, a few months ago, um, someone said they were really interested in, I think it was um, mixed martial arts, MMA, or, or some type of fighting style. I can't remember. Maybe it was UFC, which I think might be the same thing. So clearly I know nothing about <laughs> about those sports, but they were super interested in it. So I told them to go to um, this app. It's called iVooks, so I-V-O-O-X. And it's a podcast app, basically, but it's it has a lot of content 
that's made for Spanish speaking audiences. And while we're literally on the workshop, he starts searching in the app and he found a podcast in Spanish about mixed martial arts. So again, that's the type of thing you want to do, whether, whether you're into sports, whether you're into maybe you're a health nut, you like listening to things about wellness and well-being, maybe you're an entrepreneur. There's so much content out there uh, that's made for a Spanish-speaking audience that you can begin to consume. Um, and again, that'll help you sort of get beyond this sort of intermediate level. So don't just rely on things that are made for Spanish learners. That's number one. Number two is you need to stop ignoring your mistakes. You know, now I know that there's definitely, um, there's, this, there's these two sort of extremes, right? Some people are just like, I'll just go out there and speak and I don't care if I sound wrong and I'm not pronouncing words correctly. And then there's the other extreme of people who are so afraid to make mistakes that they want to read every grammar book and have everything right to the letter before they even begin to consider thinking about uttering a sentence in Spanish, especially to a native speaker, because they're super intimidated. So we have really these two extremes and what you want to be is somewhere in the middle. So you don't want to be afraid to make mistakes, but what do you do when you make them? And I think that's the part that that's missing. A lot of people give this advice, go ahead and make mistakes. Don't be afraid to make mistakes. Okay, well that's great, but what do you do after you make the mistakes? Because just making them is not going to help you if you're not learning from those mistakes. So my suggestion, instead of just sort of going out there and sort of making mistakes all over the place without any strategy. It's actually get feedback. Uh, and you, a good way to do that is with a language exchange partner or with an experienced coach or a tutor. We have a great team at Spanish Con Salsa. Again, if you're interested, definitely check out our website, SpanishConSalsa.com. You can go right to uh, sign up for a Spanish lesson. If you need to just get a session with someone to just give you some feedback. Um, and the best way to do that is just to have a conversation, ask them to note your mistakes as you're talking, and then you know, let, let them let you talk, let them let you, <laughs> that was a lot, but you know, just, just, just talk, have a conversation and ask them to note down your, your mistakes. And at the end, they can share them with you. And that's not it. So after that, right? So you, you get someone to observe you, give you the feedback. Then you want to actually take that feedback and you want to start practicing those things. So if it's a word that you got incorrect or something with grammar that you're messing up or pronunciation, those are the things that you'll begin to practice as you're doing your individual study to prepare for your next conversation. So you want to really focus on whatever issues that you have with the language and start knocking them out one by one. And the way to do that is with an experienced tutor or a teacher, preferably, um, and have them note down that feedback for you and then focus on studying those things that you know you need to improve. And the third thing that you should stop doing at the intermediate level, if you really don't want to stay stuck there, is stop relying too much on English. Now, when you're a beginner, it's perfectly fine to use the English language when you need to because you're not always going to understand what's going on. I personally am not of the mindset that you need to start at the beginning with 100% immersion because it's just so much quicker to be able to explain things in English that you'll get the concept and then you can move on versus sort of sitting there and struggling and someone trying to explain to you how to say cat in Spanish without using any English. Oh, es un animal, no es un perro, pero es parecido. All of that, right? Like that takes so much time. And there's some value in that, but I just don't think it's very efficient when you're a beginner and you have this whole language at your disposal that you can use in most instances, especially with Spanish because there's so many resources available. So I'm not of this mindset that you have to do 
100% Spanish at the very beginning. But when you get to the intermediate level, you really do need to stop relying on English. Uh, this is where you need to stretch yourself and try to explain what you need to say uh, in Spanish, even if you don't have the exact word that you want to use in English. So don't use that as a cop out. So, um, you know, try to really force yourself to only use Spanish. And a great way to do that is to stop talking to bilingual language partners. So maybe you have um, a significant other, a spouse, boyfriend or girlfriend, or uh, just a friend that speaks both Spanish and English. And you might practice Spanish with them, but because both of you also speak English, how many times do you actually revert to like saying something in English or just using Spanglish because it's easier for you? Right. So that'll get you good at speaking Spanglish, which is great. Right. Like <laughs> that, that is also pretty valid. However, if you want to focus on improving your Spanish, you need to really cut out that habit and start talking to people that don't speak English. You know, so this is looking for language exchange partners, maybe that maybe they speak Spanish and another language like German, which if you don't speak German, that's great because you can't rely on English. You guys, the only language you have in common would be Spanish. So look for language partners that maybe Spanish is their second language. So they're also learners, but they don't necessarily uh, have English as a language that they use or even native Spanish speakers that don't have a high level of proficiency in English. So they're very, um, they're not going to want to speak to you in English, right? A lot of Spanish uh, speakers are learning English, especially if, if you're on a language exchange app and you're looking for some, someone to chat with. Uh, but if they're at a beginner level, they're going to be much more comfortable talking to you in Spanish. So just try to cut out talking to people that are bilingual when it comes to your targeted study time. That doesn't mean that you don't talk to your bilingual friends. It just means that when you're focused on uh, proficiency and improving your Spanish, that you really focus on only talking to people uh, that speak Spanish and, and don't mix in English. And you can also do that in um, your sessions. If you have a tutor or a coach, you can just let them know, listen, I am really trying to work on this. Please do not explain anything to me in English. Can you just explain it to me in Spanish? And if we get really, really stuck, um, we'll look up the definition and explain it to me. Um, that'll be a little bit more painful. It will take a little bit longer, but it will help you sort of stretch your brain to get rid of the habit of relying to or falling back on English. All right, so I hope that you found these three tips helpful. So again, the three things to stop doing immediately if you want to get out of the intermediate level is stop exclusively listening to content or watching content that's made for Spanish language learners. Stop ignoring your mistakes, whether it's pronunciation or grammar or word choice. Um, stop doing that, start fixing those things and stop relying too much on the English language. Try as best as you can to spend your time 100% in Spanish. Now, as promised at the beginning of this episode, I do want to give you access to our assessment. So if you really want to assess your level of conversational fluency, make sure you go to the show notes page at learnspanishconsalsa.com slash 127. There you'll find a link to our free assessment to determine your true level of conversational fluency. So this isn't a grammar test. This isn't going to give you um, a level B1 score if you, if you go through it. But what it will let you know 
is what areas of weakness you have specifically that you need to work on. So we look at different skills, whether it's listening comprehension, your ability to carry on a conversation, your pronunciation skills. We really are looking at all of these areas and we'll give you a customized score that'll take into account your proficiency level in all of these. And now this is a self-assessment, so you will be able to take it on your own and you'll get specific recommendations on what you should do to improve each of these areas um, as a result. So make sure you check out the quiz, learnspanishconsalsa.com slash 127, uh, and you'll see a link to that uh, on there. All right. So I hope that you have found this helpful. Um, and as always, I hope that something you heard on today's episode has helped you go one step closer from Spanish beginner to bilingual. Hasta la próxima. Thank you for listening to the Learn Spanish Con Salsa podcast at LearnSpanishConSalsa.com. <laughs>